As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to From Torino with Love. This is the second in our series, the first of 2021. We're, all, we're all hoping that it will be a better year than 2020. Woo! The whooping voice in the background <laughs> you hear Woo! is my guest this evening, uh, which is Paolo Selena, who happens to be my partner as well. What a coincidence. What a coincidence. What a cross that you have to bear. Yeah. Um, but in this series, as you know, we like to talk about uh, modern Italy, um, contemporary Italy, Italy of the past, and also some stereotypes, some uh, preconceptions that people have about Italy that are sometimes wrong, sometimes have a germ of truth in them. Welcome to the show, Paola. Thank you. Hello, everyone, listeners. We're here to talk about your experience because... You're a special person, we both know that. <laughs> In many ways. In many ways. Um, that you spent 13 years living in Britain. Actually, nearly 14. Nearly Sorry. 14. <laughs> um, and so you have uh, a better insight than most people about the contradictions between the two cultures, um, yeah. the experience of being an Italian, living in a different country, and then also returning to Italy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the insights is what we're going to talk about today. So first of all, could you give us a brief insight into what your story was? Yeah, so I was born and grew up in Rome. I went to school here, I went to university here, by which I mean Italy, of course. Um, And then after university, I signed up for a European Union programme, which was called European Voluntary Service, which still exists. And I went abroad. I went to Belfast to volunteer for a year. The kind of programme is called European Voluntary Service, but you kind of get expenses and accommodation. Um, So... I lived in Belfast for a year and I worked with this charity um, that fixes second-hand tools and sends them out to like colleges and training schools in so-called developing countries like um, some African countries like Tanzania and some Latin American countries as well. Um, oh, okay, so, so the, the, the first uh, experience you had of, of living outside Italy um, was Belfast in, in Ireland? Well, no. I mean, the, the first experience abroad was actually Barcelona, where right. I did one year of university. But yeah, the first kind of experience in the UK. In Anglophone culture, shall we say? Sorry, yes. Um, it was in Ireland, Northern Ireland. And so how, how did it feel? How did it feel to um, move to a different country, speaking a different language? A different culture. What were what were your first impressions? Your first memories of that period? So the impact where Belfast and Northern Ireland was quite kind of strong. Let's put it that way. Because um, obviously I studied languages, including English, for a really long time before. But that doesn't mean that when you go, you know, to the country where the language is actually spoken, you understand everything right. and you can speak fluently. You know, um, and Belfast being my first experience. A strong I, accent. It was in pretty Belfast, tough, yeah. yeah. You know, like as many people will know, the accent in Belfast and in general in Northern Ireland is really, really strong. 
Um, so it was a little bit of a shock at the beginning. And also, I, I chose Belfast, so I wanted to go there. Right. I didn't get there by chance, but at the same time, um, you know, it can be kind of quite a difficult place mm. to live in. I mean, I wanted to go there be precisely because of the history. Right. But, um, you know, spending one year there was kind of quite difficult at times and mm. a bit scary because things were still going on when I was there. Right. Uh, but so, obviously, you, you were... You were dropped into um, the after period of uh, a religious civil war that had happened. Um, you come from a Catholic country, Italy. Did you feel any, I mean, did, did people recognise your Italian accent and then start to presume that you were on one side or another of the conflict? Yeah, so it was quite funny. Like, one thing was quite funny which is whenever you know I was in a pub or somewhere and people would ask me where are you from and I would say I'm Italian then they would just immediately like kind of you know take me for a Catholic even though I'm not Catholic mm. I'm actually I don't belong to any religion and that was quite funny because just being Italian basically means oh you're Catholic right yeah which yeah um, but just kind of, funny, there were, there were never any sort of difficult periods because of that or difficult well, I mean, circumstances. In, in the context where this was said to me, I always found it a little bit funny, like because it was coming, you know, as a bit of a joke right. from the people who were kind right. of making this comment. Maybe in other contexts, well, I don't, maybe, you know, I wouldn't actually said that I, I was Italian. I right. don't know, you know, but, you know, in the places where this was said to me, I always felt safe. Yeah. Yeah. But the other thing about, you know, that, that you were asking, um, if I was recognised for being a foreigner, the it was kind of funny as well, but actually really scary. Like, kids especially could just uh, see that me and the other volunteers were not from there right. simply by looking at the way we were dressed. Right. I remember, you know, walking to the workshop where I was volunteering and basically, almost every day, there would be like kind of groups of quite young kids mm. on the streets screaming at us. You know, they right. would immediately see that we were not from there, just from the way we looked. Right. And what we were wearing, I guess. And they would kind of start screaming at us. And it was like... What, in a negative way or just taking... In a negative right, way. Yeah. It was actually like kind of... Because they thought you were British or they thought you were... I think it's just because... They could see that we were not from there, right. and because I guess of the, you know, the context there. Mm. Not many a, tourists around at that point. Not so. many tourists, and also they're just kind of, you know, they're a little bit used um, to, I don't know, you know, being separated. Mm. So they could just spot us as being foreigners, right. and therefore the screaming would start straight away. And right. Yeah, it was not a pleasant screaming. Mm. Yeah. I wouldn't say it was like racial, right? But abuse, it was, yeah. but it was not nice. Yeah, it was. Yeah, they 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 were trying to, yeah, hurt you kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and so, um, but I mean, I know, obviously, I know uh, <laughs> that, that you yeah. came away with that uh, with a very positive experience. But then you moved to Exeter for a period, and then you moved to Bristol, where you stayed um, for many years, met the um, love of your life. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And so how was that? I mean, how was that um, as an Italian in Bristol? Because this is a different situation in that there were lots of Italian people in Bristol. You were less of a sort of um, uh, an exception there. And that meant that you had the space. But you were still a foreigner in a country that is used to foreigners, but obviously has an attitude towards people that, that weren't there. What difficulties did you face as an Italian living in Britain? So, I mean, Exeter and Bristol were quite different because Exeter is quite a small town. Um, and actually, even though it's got quite a big, important university and there's lots of like foreign students going there, at the same time, I can't say that Exeter is a very multicultural town mm -hmm. at all. Um, as opposite to Bristol, which is very, very multicultural. It's a much bigger city. Much bigger, yeah. but also because of its history, mm. which is often kind of quite a negative mm history but it means that you know there's lots of different cultures interacting in Bristol 
Uh, and so, yeah, they were very different experiences. Um, so in Exeter, if you want me to, like, just mention something that happened to me while I was in Exeter. Um, so I did first another bit of volunteering through the European Union, and then I just decided to stay in the UK, and I just went and got the first job I could find, which was stuck in shelves in a, like, uh, kind of a one-pound shop, essentially. Right. Um um, lots of the stuff there were really, really young, like we're talking 18, 19 years old, yeah. you know, people who were dropped out of school, uh, maybe that was their first job, or they were still going to school, but, you know, trying to make some money um, on the side, and um, they would always put on the same radio station, which right. literally would just always play the same identical mm -hmm. playlists all the time, including the Beatles. They would always play um, five or six songs by the Beatles. And one time I was in the kitchen having a tea break with a colleague who was a very, very young woman. I think she must have been like 18 at that point. Um, we were just talking about stuff, having a conversation. And I said, oh my God, this radio just, they always sing the same Beatles songs all the time. And she looked at me like completely astonished. And I was like, what's, what's, you know, what's going on? <laughs> oh, you know the Beatles. <laughs> I didn't know that you knew the Beatles, even in Italy, which, yeah. you know, I really wanted to, like, not insult her, but it was really hard not to laugh in her face. Yeah. And I said, well, the Beatles are known worldwide. They're a really yeah, famous band. So... Like... It sort of shows the, how um, alien and strange some people see migrants um the fact that you would think oh so you know the beatles it's like of course yeah yeah okay well talking of music let's quickly stop uh for a song we've got uh from the jaman jamendo uh copy left um stable we have contro tempo michele nuccio ho preferito darvi ascolto non andare fino in fondo Ho sempre coltivato il dubbio senza poi tenerne conto Ho anche odiato il mio tempo Ma il rispetto ha preso il sopravvento Solo per te ho scritto il mio racconto L'ho pubblicato perché avesse un senso ho perso tempo credendo fosse tempo perso andare contro te Ho perso tempo credendo fosse tempo perso andare contro tempo Ho aspettato il mio turno senza perdere il controllo Ho fatto sogni ogni giorno e dell'attesa non mi sono accorto Però l'arrivo era cambiato il mondo Nessuno che potesse darmi ascolto Per i miei errori ho dato già un acconto Adesso cerco solo il mio consenso Ho perso tempo credendo fosse tempo Perso andare contro te Ho perso tempo credendo fosse tempo Perso Ma c'è ancora tempo E se tempo perso, io lo perdo adesso e vado contro tempo, vado contro tempo. So welcome back. I'm here with Paolo Seleno. Hello. Traveller. Um, Nomad. Migrant to Britain and Spain and Ireland. Um, so, uh, you arrive in Bristol. You have some experience of living in Britain now because you've lived in a few places. Um, you're not part of a, a course anymore, like structured learning. Um, you're a free spirit. 
And so uh, you start to work and become very involved in British society. Mm-hmm. How did you find British society? What were the good and bad about living in Britain? So at first, um, this is going to be a stereotype in itself, but at first I kind of find it quite difficult, as I think, you know, happens to everyone who moves to a different country, as you very well know. As I know. Uh, you know, even even if I chose to be there, to go there, I really wanted to go there. Um, it didn't mean that it wasn't difficult. Mm. Um, um, what I found most difficult at the beginning was simply understanding people. Right. Because, like I said, you know, I came from slight languages for a long time, but then you go to the country where they actually speak that language, Practical and suddenly you're like, oh, every single person I meet speaks with a different accent mm. because they come from different parts of... Britain or another English-speaking country, and everyone speaks at a different speed. Talking of stereotypes, please stop (laughs) using your hands and banging on the table. I know, I'm Italian, (laughs) finding it really hard not to. But no, I mean, like, um, obviously, Italian, we're not not talking about stereotypes. Every different type of person uh, is Italian. Not all Italians are like the... The Go Compare singer or the Dolmio adverts or these things. But you saw, I mean, I remember laughing with you about this famous advert in Britain that is for pasta sauce. They pretend it's an Italian brand. It's not. It's not known in Italian, Dolmio. No. Um, uh, but the, the, the actors or well, whatever well, it's they a were. Cartoon, a cartoon. Yeah. But they are, they are hardcore caricatures of Italians. So, oh, da 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 da. I mean, were you offended by that or did you think that was ridiculous or when people sort of projected on you that Italian stereotype? Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's hard for me to say that, you know, that felt like racial abuse because it really isn't right. and I cannot put myself in, you know, the same situation as someone who suffers that type of abuse, but it does feel offensive. You know, it's it's... Like you were saying, it's a caricature, and Italian people are presented in a very kind of clownish right. way. Um, and I just felt, you know, like I know it's an opera, it's, you know, supposed mm. to be funny and, you know, attract people to buy that pasta sauce because, hey, Italian pasta sauce, even though it's not Italian, yeah. and it's also like pretty bad quality. But yeah, I think that kind of stuff is not is not positive mm. you know yeah i wouldn't put it like i said at the same level of proper racist yeah. abuse but i don't think i think it's offensive mm. uh, it's just kind of like you were saying you know like um uh underlying you know highlighting the yeah. clownish elements of a an ethnicity let's call mm. it that way i'm not sure that being an italian it's a nationality more than an ethnicity, yeah. but whatever you know what i mean um, and so did you did you feel a pressure to sort of conform to that stereotype because that's what everyone's expecting when you say you're italian and so i mean you're not like that you're, you're quite I mean, you've got a, a good sense of humor and everything like that but you're not you're quite a serious person you're quite an educated person you're quite a philosophical person as most Italians are, but did you feel a pressure to sort of um, modulate your personality to fit into what people expected, or did you just say, I can't be bothered? Not from that point of view. I never felt that way. I actually just felt sometimes a little bit pissed off. Uh, mm. You know, like, uh, for example, another thing that was constantly being asked is, ah, you're Italian. Mafia, you know, mm. <laughs> what do you know about the mafia? And it's like, what do I know about the mafia? Uh, yeah. You know, uh, uh, the same stuff that you can find online, yeah. you know. And that's an I, incredibly serious subject, isn't it, the mafia? But people think of it as the American TV films or something like that. You know, they don't think of it as, you know, Falcone and things like this. They, they yeah. And so what other things did you find um Difficult about living in Britain, so you, you can get your revenge now. And, and yeah. uh, I well, I know the answer because I remember finding your yeah. list of positives and negatives <laughs> about <laughs> about living in Britain, and the positives were cultura and these other things. And the the top of the other list was clima cibo. This is yeah. I'm not even sure about food. 
maybe at, at first food was a big problem and then I kind of as I got to know the British cuisine I actually kind of quite like it now mm. uh, where there has been a problem you know from the beginning from the first day yeah. to the last day um, so describe for our international and Italian audience what the weather is like in Britain for uh, a southern European person well I would say if you're from northern Italy maybe you're a little bit more used to it but essentially for me the big thing was not the cold uh, Bristol winters can be quite cold mm -hmm. but I got used to that the re really the main issue for me was the constant rain mm -hmm. and it was also like uh, accompanied by very strong winds mm -hmm. really strong winds that kind of you know put you off your bicycle at times um, and that so that was the the main the main thing kind of in terms of the weather yeah the other things that I think um, you know going back to what you were asking before the stereotype about British people that is in part true and you know most British people I've met will agree to that is that people are a lot more reserved mm. in Great Britain and in general I would say Northern Europe yeah it's a lot more difficult to make friends and just to kind of get to know people Whereas in Italy, I would say, in Italy, in Southern Europe, it's a lot more immediate, you know. Um, you know, you meet someone in the street, you go get coffee, boom, you're friends, you mm. exchange numbers, you start meeting up, it's normal. Whereas in Britain, everything is a lot more slower. Yeah. And also, as you were saying before, I'm kind of quite um, an ironic, at times sarcastic person. Daria. Daria, yeah. exactly. And and especially the first few years, I did find it quite hard to kind of to not offend people. Mm. I often realized that the way I was saying things, or the things, the actual things I was saying, were offending people. Um, maybe most of it was also in my head. I don't know, but you know, I well, think, I think some of it was real. You know, because like British people are not used to. Well, they hide it, don't they? And this is the thing. So you can't... Now I'm in Italy, I can go every day and I can have experiences and I can see whether my attitude makes people positive or negative. Because Italians, again, this is a stereotype. Lots of Italians don't do this, but they will normally show their pleasure or displeasure quite openly. Yeah. Whereas in Britain, they won't. So you could be offending someone... Um, and they, they wouldn't let you know that. They would hide their reaction to that. And so it's hard for you to sort of yeah. build an understanding. Would yeah, exactly. Like there would be a reaction, but it wouldn't actually be, sh be shown. You know, I would just kind of realise from their different reaction that maybe I'd said something that had offended them. Mm. Or, you know. And then I, well, it's funny asking you these questions when I know the answers. But, uh, <laughs> You were in uh, Britain when the Brexit process uh, happened. Yeah. Um, uh, you didn't get to vote, obviously. <laughs> no. Uh, but um, what was your experience of that, of living through that as a migrant? Because the Brexit, for those that don't know, a big percentage of the, the Leave vote was based on immigration. This, this was the, the burning concern for them. And so obviously you were here a European migrant into the country. Did you, did you get that feeling during the Brexit time? Was it a difficult time, do you think? Yeah, so funny enough, um, I actually worked at a polling station that day. Uh, like you said, I couldn't vote, but I worked as a port clerk right. on that referendum. And that was quite interesting because I saw lots of older people coming in into the police station where I was working saying, ah, oh, you know, this may be the last vote that I that I make, but, you know, I'm going to vote to leave. And it was kind of quite disheartening to to hear that coming from older people. Because, so their conviction in this kind of well, thing. Well, yeah, you know, if you already know that you're probably not going to be here in a right. few years or maybe even in a few months, then why, you know, vote for something that's going to... It's not going to affect you. It's going to affect the lives of younger people. Mm. So, I don't know. I found that quite strange. Um and sorry, what was your question? Well, did like how was it to sort of live through this Literally, momentous yeah. period when you were one of the focus of the resentment? 
Yeah, so I mean, the interesting thing for me was, um, so I should say prior to this, I always, I worked a lot and volunteered a lot with refugees and asylum seekers. And so I already had indirect experience of what it means to feel unwelcome in a country. Um, Brexit was interesting because for the first time in my life, I, you know, that kind of role switched. Right. So I started being the person that felt unwelcome. Right. So I and did you feel that? Because as I you said, normally that. you're a white person in a white country. You, you don't really get... Um, there wasn't a negative attitude towards Italians, but you started to feel that. Did you start to feel that as a result of Brexit or was it always there, do you think? No, I don't think it was there before. Um, like I said, you know, I never, apart from those kind of unpleasant, irritating comments that, you know, that I had done to me that, you know, I was referring to before, I never actually had any like proper negative experiences you know, in terms of being an Italian in the UK, after Brexit, it did change. Things did change. Uh, in, just in terms of, like, going out on the streets and hearing things being said. Maybe right. not to me personally, but to other people. Like, you know, groups of Europeans who are speaking in their own language and someone shouting, oh, you know, you're here, speak English, or, yeah, you know, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Um, just witnessing that, you know, like mm. nothing really happened to me personally, but I kind of witnessed quite a few unpleasant experiences after Brexit. Um, and yeah, that was quite interesting because like I was saying, it was for the, for the first time I actually felt a little bit, apart from feeling definitely unwelcome, at times I also felt a little bit scared. Right. And it was really interesting for me because... Like I said, I've done lots of work with refugees and asylum seekers and, you know, have very strong opinion about freedom of movements. Right. And for the first time, I was like, fuck, you know, this is how it feels like. This is what it is. You Could know? you not swear? Please sorry. I'm sorry, listeners. I will cut that out anyway, but yeah. Blimey. <laughs> cool blimey. Uh, we'll stop for a song. Uh, the next song that we have is from Mestica Artigianale and it is called Sin. Here with 
the love of my life, Paola Soleno. <laughs> um, talking about her experience uh, in Britain, in Bristol in particular. So, um, as I said, it's funny because I was there with you. Well, you met me, what, three or four years into it? or No, I met you just it? four months my God, after yeah. moving to Bristol. It's crazy, isn't it, to think of Yeah, it. yeah, I met you really early on. And so um, you sort of, you're now in a different culture. You're in a European culture, so yeah. there are lots of similarities, yeah. but you're in a completely different place with completely different cultures. Mm-hmm. First of all, what were the good things? What, what did you like about living in British culture? So what I loved about Britain and Bristol in particular uh, was how diverse it was. Um, it was really the first time in my life that I could just go out, you know, go out my front door and there would be like... In your tracksuit bottoms. Of course, always. (laughs) Yes. I took my liberties while I was there. Yeah, can't do that in Italy. But this this was a serious thing. Because I remember, you know, because the the tracksuit bottom, the tuta, at the time... So uh, you're interrupting me though. Like, go on then. Can I just actually can <laughs> go I on say then. what I like to put in the UK? <laughs> oh, here Do you we want go. To say go on then. Go on then. So the thing that I really liked, like I said, you could just go out and that would be like a Hindu procession in my street, or you know, could walk a few steps and there would be people going to the mosque. Uh, you know, another few steps and there's something different. And I was especially you know in the area where I lived. Most of the time in Bristol, you know, for most, most of the time that I was there, um, was very diverse. And it was my first real experience, you know, in living in such a diverse community where it was just completely normal to go out and be among people of all ethnicities, colours, whatever, you know, and it was perfectly normal. Uh, you know, and it was okay. Not to say, oh my God, it's perfect in the UK, because as we know, yeah. it's not perfect. There are lots of problems, you know, with racism. And, mm. and the area that we live was not typical. And, and it was East Bristol. It was a very multicultural area. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. And not very easy to live in at times, mm. you know, lots of problems as well. But, but I would say, you know, because I was, I grew up in Rome, which is a big, big city. And, I, don't, I didn't really have that experience in right. Rome. You know, it might also be linked to, you know, the period of time when I was a kid growing up in Rome. It might be completely different right now, mm. you know, for, for someone else who is a kid now growing up in Rome now or in a big Italian city. But definitely for me, it was like, you know, it was a bit of a shock at first and then I just bloody loved it. Yeah. I'm not going to swear. Bl- bloody is not a swear word, listeners, as you well know. Um, and so I really loved that, you know, how the diversity of it and everything, you know, the culture, the food, mm. uh, you know. T- the I, pubs, like, did you enjoy pub culture once you, because I know at the start it was quite intimidating you found it, but. Yeah, I mean, yes and no, like, I yeah, I obviously got to like it because, because I have really fond memories of going to the pub to meet with friends and people that I really like. And you know, chatting about stuff, but um, I don't know. I don't know. You know, like I still prefer to go for a five-hour walk. Yeah. To say I find it a bit hard to sit down for like six hours just drinking and chatting because after a bit, my brain just goes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, but the whole sort of uh, the contradiction in Britain of British people being very, very reserved. Yeah. And then going out and getting in, having too much to drink, becoming over friendly, you're my yeah. best friend, and all this. Did you find that just crazy, or did you see it as sort of two halves of a whole, or how did you view it? Yeah, with time, I kind of, you know, I kind of realized what was going on, and like you, like you just said, um, you know, I realized okay, this it's the same people, it's just part of the same person that I like. But um, at first it was a bit scary. First time I came on drunk. At times it was a bit scary or, you know, in general, I think it was a bit of a shock. Because like you said, you know, it's a really like strong contrast between how reserved people are normally 
and then they get drunk or get high and suddenly they're like like you were saying super friendly and super open and you know at first if you don't know what's going on you're like what this person that I you know I bump into on the street every day and never says hello to me and now it's like telling me the story of their life. What mm. is going on here? You know, it was a little bit of a shock at yeah, first. Yeah. And then, you know, I was there for a long time. So, you know, in the end, I just like, okay, yeah, this this is what it is. And kind of, you know, I yeah. just decided to go with the flow. And uh, I mean, as I said, it's strange because I know the ancestors. I know that you love the British countryside as well. This was another yes. big positive. How would you explain to... Uh, international listeners that aren't from Britain, what the difference is, for example, between Italian, because Italian's a beautiful country, but Britain's a different thing. How would you explain it? So for me, the main difference is like, you know, there's lots of beautiful countryside in Italy, but for me, this is what I, you know, this is how I feel about it. Most Italian countryside is still, even the wildest countryside is still kind of quite gentle. Right. Um, whereas British countryside is really rough and kind of very wild and can be pretty intense. And I remember at first, you know, I did find it quite intense, you know, like the woods in Britain are <laughs> proper fairy tale woods. The woods. The woods, you know, like, you know, that's how I would explain it. Mm. It was... It can be quite an intense experience, you know, almost a bit dark right. at times. But then I just grew very fond of it. It's, yeah. it's, it's a completely different experience. And I think, you know, once you accept that... So, for, a time, for example, there's been like the first time I went to Cornwall, which I love. So, my, Cornavaglia for... Cornavaglia, my favorite county of Great Britain, totally. Um, you know, I felt like, God, this place is so dark, not in terms of colours, but in terms of, like, intensity, you know, really strong winds, really bright colours, uh, you know, the the landscape is kind of tough and lots rough. Lots of rocks and, and things like that. Lots of rocks yeah. and, you know, like, and the ocean is mm. just, the, the, the sound of the ocean is always there and it's yeah. so loud. And at first I thought, this is kind of... Oh, this, is, this isn't the Mediterranean, scary. is it? This is the yeah, Atlantic. Exactly. It's like, yeah. exactly. It's kind of a bit intense, a little bit scary, a little bit dark. And then after a while, I thought, this is exactly why I'm now in love with this. Right. Because once you just accept, this is powerful, you mm. know, I'm just going to let go to this power, you yeah. know. I am nothing. You know, the Mediterranean Sea. You look at it, you know, you bathe in it, and it's like, oh, this yeah. is beautiful, this is That's lovely. It, yeah. The ocean is like, oh, okay, this thing is actually going to kill me <laughs> if, I, <laughs> if I get into it. But, you know, I admire it. That's it, it yeah. You know, I the Mediterranean it. loves you, the Atlantic hates you, isn't it? This is it. Brilliant. Totally, you yeah. just kind of have to, you know, respect it. Mm, yeah. And so, uh, lots of positives, as you said. What were the negatives? You, you've talked about the uh, the way that the... British people being sort of reserved, this sort of falsa protese is sort of this idea of that was a negative in imbalance, if you would mm. say. Um, what were the other things that you thought these these are problems in British culture? Well, first of all, I wouldn't say that you know it was negative. Mm. The bit about being reserved just difficult, right? As an Italian person to adapt into that kind of behaviour. Um, uh, what, uh, what, you know, like, I mean, it's not really my place to say. There's lots of people who are experts. You're about so things. British, Paolo. It's, so it's British. not my place to say. Sorry, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry about anything I'm gonna say right now. Um, this, you know, because obviously Great Britain was an empire, mm. and there's lots of like dark history. Yeah. Did you find like that sort of? imperial yeah. arrogance yeah. Um, and also you know we don't learn that much about our past the, 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 the person on the street if you like is very uneducated about British colonial history yeah. whereas you because you're a political person and you study this you would probably know more than them about Britain's history did you ever sort of want to say to someone you know 
you think your country's great, but in fact it's, you know, it's got this dark history. Uh, uh, yes, and I actually did. This is, I know, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Many times. I mean, I think, you know, because I was uh, moving in political circles, mm. especially in the second half of my life in Bristol, uh, then, you know, I was just basically hanging out with people who more or less, you know, had the same ideas as me. Uh, but, you know, going to work or going to other places where I would just meet, I don't know how to call it, normal people, you know, average, yeah. kind of the average British person, uh, you know, or like people that I lived with, for example, at the beginning, because I lived in different houses um, and... Yeah, I think the kind of the average opinion of the average British person is that Great Britain is great, mm. um, you know, very proud of their history, even though they actually don't know it. Yeah. And whenever you say, yeah, but for example, the way you treat black people or brown people, not that great. They're just, no, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, we're a very welcoming country. Like, we're a very multicultural, welcoming country. You have no idea, you know. Like, for example, you're here, you know. Yeah. And you're able to actually express this opinion to me. So, this is proof that talk, we're yeah. a very welcoming country. You know, yeah. and it's... Uh, no, not really, like, kind of... I think, yeah, like, every country's... Now I'm in Italy, I, I would never criticise Italy. Um, because, as you said... I don't feel it's my place. And Italians are very, very proud of their own culture. But I think because of this imperial legacy, you find the same with Americans. Um, you find the same with Italians when they talk about the Roman Empire or, or these things. But in Britain, obviously, it's only 60, 70 years ago uh, that it ended. Yeah. OK, so thanks for that. Let's have another song, which is Jimmy, some face-melting guitars, Hendrix-style, from Fabio D'Annunzio. Amico, 
So here we are again yeah. with Paola Sileno. So uh, how long did you spend in total in the, in the UK? And, well, in total about 14 years. Okay, so that's a, a long period of a your life. Time. Yeah. 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 Um, and then you return. You decide, we decide. I am to... the returned. We were, we decide to return to well you for return to Italy me to move to Italy yeah um, I said I'd know these answers but what what brought on what made you decide that you didn't want to spend the rest of your life in in Britain and you wanted to return to Italy uh, well I mean the main thing was just wanting to be closer to my parents because my dad got ill um, and also like I was saying after brexit I really did feel the atmosphere had changed. Um, and I also just, more in general, I just felt like, okay, my cycle in the UK has come to an end. Like, I felt I've, I've done all the things I wanted to do. Mm. Um, you know, I'm happy with what I've done in the UK, what I have achieved, the people I've met, the experiences I've made, and I'm now ready to go back. And then, obviously, my dad's getting ill mm. was a, you know, yeah. like the kind of final straw. And so you leave at... You left Italy at, what, 25, and then you return at 39. Yeah. So yeah, a, a different person returns to totally. Italy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so how did you find Italy uh, returning? Because it had been a long time. Obviously, we still returned to Italy once or twice a year through that period, so you were never completely detached. But how did it feel to move back to Italy? So it was very strange. It was kind of... Um, very positive on one hand um, you know I felt ready like I said you know I wanted to get back to Italy so it was very beautiful but it was also very strange um, the strangest thing for me was just realizing how much hasn't changed in this in bloody country you know in 14 years that I've been away how much is still the same so yeah, what what, what are your frustrations with Italy then? Uh, well, you know, like, I'm, I'm a feminist. And I think still, nowadays, in 2021, the way women are seen in Italy is appalling. The number of femicides happening in Italy is appalling. Um, just in general, kind of, the vision of, you know, women and family, sexuality... You know, Italy is still quite a homophobic country, you know, let alone kind of sexist, right. but also very homophobic, very like... And this is more than Britain, because obviously all of these things are true about Britain, but you, you felt the difference when you come back to Italy, is it? Well, yeah, like, I mean, I don't know if it's just, you know, I, can, I know all those things are in Britain as well, in, in every country on the planet, to be honest. But um, when I was there, maybe also because of the people that I hang out with, I, I, did, I knew that they were there, mm. but I never really experienced them. Whereas coming back here, it's like it's everywhere. You go on the street and you just see it. You, know, you just see the way women are treated right. on the street, the way migrants are treated. You know, literally, you get on a bus, a black person gets on the bus, and instantly there are negative reactions from 
people on the bus mm. you know it's just it's kind of it's so out there and visible in a way that personally I don't think it is yeah. it was in the UK when I lived there I don't know now probably a lot has changed I don't think that but much but at that time yeah. it wasn't that visible you know I think everything in Britain is more reserved and so even though British people I think yeah 20% of Britain is black Asian or, or minority ethnic that makes a big difference to people's lives Whereas in Italy, I think it's around four or five percent. Very low, yeah. And there is this issue of migration out of the society. So uh, African migrants who are here illegally living on the streets, and that's something I noticed. But I've, I've seen that it's, it's more obvious. So like you said, the example of a bus, I've seen some shocking racism. Yeah, uh, And exactly. some shocking homophobia, some shocking sexism. Yeah. But I've also seen people in a very relaxed way. Yeah helping people and being positive towards people yeah. whereas in Britain it's always this sort of artificial thing do you think that's right or no I don't think you know I think when I was I don't I don't agree with that I mean I think maybe it's just um the way things are done in Italy is different and so therefore it kind of comes across as you were saying as just being a lot more visible and out there and in your face when people are good you can see it mm. because they don't make kind of a mystery of it whereas maybe in Britain because generally people are more reserved there's maybe like a tendency to not boat you know to not yeah. boast about you know or not to be openly doing, supportive to someone doing a yeah. good thing yeah but I would say you know that kind of stuff exists in Britain as well absolutely and in terms of, of feminism in terms of I mean like we watch Italian programs and the whole Velina tradition is still it's in a different way now but that's definitely a difference, isn't it? And and so the expect do you think the expectations for women are different or do you think that this is again is something that everybody's moving in the same direction? Well basically, you know, if I could just kind of summarise the way you know, the, the state that I think Italy is in, it's just kind of twenty, thirty years behind maybe a bit less, behind the UK and behind Northern European countries in terms of Women's rights, migrant people's rights, you know, gay people's rights. Just, it's a still, still a very narrow-minded, traditional society. Right. So still quite conformist kind of thing. It's still a very, the Catholic Church obviously still has a very big very, role. Yeah. Um, Traditionalist, I would call it. Yeah. And so um, what, what things, though, made you feel, um, well, how, how, how did you feel at home? What what things can you remember just thinking, oh, yeah, thank God, that's so, like, so good. Yeah. So let's talk about the good things now because, you know, lots of good things. Uh, for example, uh, the first thing I did when I got there, as you know, like um, what we looked for uh, flats in, in this area that we live in because we wanted, we decided we wanted to be close to this social centre mm. that's in this area. And um, because my first year... Here I didn't have a lot of work. I actually had lots of time to get involved in doing activism. And just going there, you know, getting involved in stuff straight away, like, you know, it was really just so much easier than it was in the UK. Because I did that in the UK as well, right. as you know, that's how we met. But it wasn't as easy. Right. You know? Whereas here in Italy, I just went there, started getting involved with specific project that I was really interested in yeah and boom and you know like a month later they give me the keys to the social center you yeah. know what I mean yeah it's you know and, and so because partly because you're back in your own culture and so you know all the signals you know all the right things to do but also would you say that Italian people are more uh open yeah and accepting you think that's true yeah definitely there's a an openness that doesn't exist in, in the UK um, which, you know, can have maybe a negative aspect in terms of, you know, like people can appear to be very open and friendly, but then actually they're not real friends, you know? Right. Like, That's it. I mean, these, these are stereotypes we're talking yeah. about. And so the, the range of people is always very, very different. Yeah. But the idea, I mean, this, this politics, obviously the left is much bigger in Italy. Yeah. The right is also much bigger much in Italy. Yep. Um, and this, for me, was, you know, to see people openly wearing fascist clothing for things like that, you yeah. know, 
that's something I don't see in Britain and, yeah. and it was quite a shock for me. Um, what do you think about the future of Italy? Do you think that um, obviously it's going to remain part of the European Union? It's not going to leave? Well, well maybe yeah. not. Yeah. But, um, do you see a sort of um, culturally a bright future for Italy? Do you think it's taking the best of other cultures and amending its own while keeping an Italian identity that's distinct? Or do you think it's overprotective of that or that it's losing that identity? I mean, totally. I, I think, you know, uh, the wave started a few years ago and it's not going to stop and Italy is going to change as well. And there's already like, you know, there's already lots of things going on. There's lots of very interesting people doing very interesting stuff in Italy. People, groups, projects of all types. Um, and things are changing, but I think, um, yeah, it's just maybe that we started at a later date right? compared to other countries like the UK, you know, maybe even because of the history or, or, or whatever, you know, something kind of blocked us. Um, but yeah, I think change is going to happen, but I don't think it's going to be without difficulties and nasty stuff happening because, I mean... That has already happened, um, it's already it's still happening, um, and I don't think, yeah, change is going to come easily and smoothly, as much as, you know, we'd love for it to be like that, but I don't think that's going to happen, as, you know, and that was exactly the case in the UK, you know, like, if things are better now, it's because lots of people suffered Yeah, before. there was a fight for it. Yeah. There was a fight for it, and lots of people were died, you know, were murdered or, you know, suffered, mm. you know, physically, mentally. Uh, so, you know, I think, unfortunately, that's impossible not to, not to happen, you know, mm. it's, it's going to happen. But yeah, I am totally positive about the future of Italy. Um, because, I mean, at the end of the day, if you look at it, you know, if you like really look at Italian history, that's how we started. That's how this peninsula started. It's always been a total melting pot. Forgive me the expression. I mm. really like it, but really that describes Italy very well. You know, like every you know everyone, every single population, ancient population in the world has been through Italy, has lived in Italy because of its geographical position and. It's just, you know, it's this wonderful mix of cultures that, you know, it's always been like that. It's just because obviously of the history we had, this yeah. little fascist parenthesis, you know, like we kind of denied that, right? you know, and that got taken out of the history books. And now for me, it's a moment to say, no, 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 you know, that was a lie. It wasn't even a lie. It was just kind of ignoring... A, a truth, an alternative facts. Yeah, yeah. Completely ignoring the reality of things. Mm. Um, because, really, that's the truth about Italy. You know, there isn't just one way of being Italian. You know, like, like you know, living here now, there's, like, every region has a different dialect, mm. different accents, uh, even different minority languages. A different um, culture, different you know. foods, different culture. The culture of the south and the north is very much yeah. a bigger difference than in Britain, I think. Yeah, yeah. different traditional music, or you know, mm. everything. Everything is different, and it's very mixed and diverse. Um, and so that was our past, and that's also going to be our future. Whatever the dinosaurs think, you know, the only thing that's going to happen to the dinosaurs is that they're going to die out. So <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, they can die, when, you know, they can die whenever they want. Like, no one's waiting for them. Like, whatever. Bye, dinosaurs. Bye, bye. <laughs> okay, then. So we'll leave it on that positive note. Thank you very much, Paola Seleno. I will now make your dinner for you. <laughs> Good. <laughs> and I shall see you all on the next show. I will finish with a song which is Bossa Italiana by Alfredo Cinquantotto. Very good. Ciao!
everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime time anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus